0: Welcome. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes. Oh, perfect. All right. Let's see how long this lasts. Uh,
1: my internet is uh, failing me much like the USF defense this season. Um, you know, it had its moments and then it has really crapped the bed most of the time. Uh, I'm your host, Nathan Bond. This is the Bluminati podcast. I'm joined by Seth Varnador and Robert Steig. Guys, we've got a jam-packed show. Lord willing, I make it all through the entire thing. Uh, we've got, uh, to recap, the Tulsa game, which was uh, more exciting than I think all three of us thought it would be. Um, we have the war on I-4, thankfully going to be over soon. And then uh, some hacky Thanksgiving drafting. Oh, uh, because what's a Thanksgiving show without some hack Thanksgiving shoehorned
2: in there. So no, I'm excited. You mentioned that guys, I, have, I s- have no idea what you're referring to. I know. I'm, so putting you, I'm This will be a surprise. Yeah, I'm really going to put
1: you guys on the spot. Um, first of all, uh, but prior to the show, you guys were giving me some of your hot takes that, uh, you both may or may not be, uh, you're really not Thanksgiving stance. If we're, if to put it bluntly, is that, is that a fair assessment from you, Seth, from you, Robert Stieg?
3: Yeah, I think it's overrated a little bit. Um, But this is also, maybe uh, this is a point where I'm lucky and blessed. I'm around my family often, so I don't really need a holiday to have everybody kind of come together. Uh, I grew up and we were always doing Mm -hmm. things together. So it was just kind of another day. Uh, with food that I didn't particularly like that much, so you know, you do get football. You get a day off work. That's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm a Christmas. I'm a Christmas guy. Christmas is much superior.
2: I, I Thanksgiving to me isn't the Thursday. It's like just spending time with my family more than anything. I mean, not to sound overly cliche or anything like that, but you know, Thanksgiving for all I care about is the Saturday or the Sunday or whatever day I get to spend with my family. Um, since they're a little bit further away than, you know, making a, a, you know, quick trip up the road or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm fine with it. Hey, food, I like eating food. Food's good. Um, yeah, you know, I can't really complain about, uh, you know, uh, sitting hot around day and- day there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going real hot takes tonight, fellas. Uh, but I mean, like, w- but what different is that Thursday night than any other Thursday night where I have a dinner and chat with people, like, I don't know. I'm, Thanksgiving's overrated to me. That's that's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I mean, who would have really thought the foreigner would be the the voice of reason on this show about Thanksgiving? That's not even my holiday. Uh, it's it's nice. I love I love stuffing. Um, I um, I just I from love the, the other room. at all.
2: I love Paige forcing. Just- <laughs> Paige is texting me angrily right now that I'm I'm just the worst person in the world for saying Thanksgiving is overrated. <laughs> well,
0: she's not wrong. So there's that. Um,
1: I love the Thanksgiving day parade. I love watching the dog show. Like I, I'm just, I'm all in it. I I, I really enjoy it. Don't have much family here. Just, uh, my dad and my brother, and my sister. So, uh, hanging out with Samantha's family. I'm actually going up there tomorrow after work and, uh, her grandma's going to be, uh, uh, up from Naples, her sister and her sister's house. It's all a full
0: house. I, I much enjoy it. Um, but to the Thanksgiving draft. I know you guys don't like Thanksgiving, but there are foods that you have during Thanksgiving
1: that you absolutely despise. So curveball here. Mm. Worst Thanksgiving food. I'm going to go Seth with the first pick Stieg with the second pick me with the last pick. We'll do two rounds.
0: Worst Thanksgiving foods, period capital
3: T at the end there. Period. I'm I'm like the worst person you could do this with. I'm not a real, uh, I don't have a broad, I'm not a broad eater. So I really don't like a lot. Um, Let's see something Thanksgiving specific that I just absolutely hate. It's most of it. Uh, I'll just go because I just don't like the way it looks. I don't like the. I can't trust the way it looks. Uh, a deviled egg. Don't like a deviled egg. Interesting.
2: That is a hot take.
3: That's, like that's there are some people that absolutely scorching. just would
2: die for a deviled egg. They'll eat like yeah. thirty of them in I love one. Love a scram-
3: Love a scrambled egg. A fried egg. Deviled egg. No, thank you.
2: Oh, I, I can't, I will you agree can't with trust. You. I can't trust the
1: way it looks. It's it's sometimes difficult getting them out of the deviled egg tray where they're like the little holders for them. Uh, and then you're like touching four and now you got to eat four when you really only wanted one. So I get it. Um, this is the way this is why I look the way I look because of the uh, four. I have to eat four times the amount of deviled eggs that I actually wanted. But that's a good pick. Um, Steak, yourself.
2: Uh, depending on how you what part of the country you pronounce it, uh, stuffing or dressing. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know what it is about it. It just it never it never does it for me. It, like I, I feel like I should absolutely love it because it's so simple and it's just basically doubly baked bread with just good, you know, sauce in it and celery and whatever other vegetables, but it, it just it never ends up being as good as it should. For for it's, how simple it is, really. It
3: seems like when that goes wrong, it can go really wrong to just like soggy, gross bread territory, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I like, and I'm not talking like I'll give it the credit and the benefit of the doubt. Like the the stuffing that is not the stuffed in the turkey stuffing, the one that you make separate because you don't want to be cross-contaminating your entire, uh, you know, <laughs> dish at that point. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> actual actual true stuffing has never been good for me. Mm-hmm.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
2: Uh, I, I mean,
1: I guess this is more of a condiment. I hate cranberry sauce. Cannot stand uh, it. it. Is I was the going literal there, real worst. I was, go- <clears throat> I was going there round two. I can't stand. I can't stand the stuff. The ocean spray. The the <laughs> one in the can that still has the indentations of the tin can. Uh, the homemade crap. Hate it. Can't stand it. Get that away from me. Mm-hmm. All right, Seth. Bring us back around. First pick. Second round. Last round. Make it
3: count. Yeah, not a big like yam sweet potato type guy. Not big on that. Me and Larry D. Agree. agree. Not big on a not big on a sweet potato. Don't even like a, a sweet potato that's been french fried. Uh, not a fan of the sweet potato. I It's uh it's unnecessary.
0: It's an unnecessary starch. I agree. <sighs> There's so many better ways to to
3: do something with potatoes. Like, listen, I could, I could go for something sweet. Awesome, I could go for a potato. You know, I could go for a little bit of a potato, a sweet potato. No, thanks. It's orange. Mm-hmm. It's weirdly shaped
0: a little bit. You know, it, it is. I agree. Steve?
2: You know what? I'll just go ahead and say it. Turkey's pretty overrated. Like in in most instances. Like when your uncle is when your uncle's making the deep fried turkey. Yeah, I I know every family swears by, oh, our turkey recipe is the best. It's not dry. It's not. Yeah, the skin's crispy as well. It's never good. And and the reason why I say turkey is just cook a prime rib instead. Yeah. Like I know the tradition Uh, is Thanksgiving. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Just cook a prime rib instead. It's so much easier. It's less effort by everyone involved. Paige is seething <laughs> with anger right now. She is she is seething, and, and my 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 Alexa just went off because she's seething <laughs> angry. Um Do you need us to call the police? <laughs> she's, she's 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 in the corner crying right now. Oh my god, I've I've broken
3: Page. I mean, I've got a, <laughs> I've got an honorable mention now that Steve's mentioned turkey. But okay, Alex, is a hand. Yeah yeah <laughs> this me.
2: yeah uh, um so my well, let me final go, pick i Ben me fences real quick
1: Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man he's actually getting up to apologize how about that um my uh, you know I'll, ke- I'll keep it, i know i'll I'll keep it going um my last and final pick again it's a it's a condiment. I can't stand gravy hate it. Get it away oh, from me! Yeah. Get that crap away from me! So you were I don't know. What- I,
3: I'm not a gravy guy either. I think it's
1: disgusting. I th- I don't like it. I've never liked it. My family because you know we're Irish. We eat a lot of potatoes, mm-hmm. and gravy was always on the side. I can't stand gravy. It's the worst. It's literally the worst. I can't d- can't do it. Get that crap away from me.
2: Um, Stieg, newly single, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think I think I failed to like you know put this in the proper perspective. Uh, thanksgiving is Paige's like all time favorite holiday like like <laughs> like this like, the, like how i look forward to like the christmas time is how she looks forward to thanksgiving <laughs> so she's, she is she is just upset every emotion Obst- in the world track
1: i guess i don't know man uh yeah yeah no grave no grave for me i i can't i can't do it it's it's really overrated i was going to pick turkey if seek hadn't uh so i was glad uh he was able to do that and it's uh Oh, I'd That's crush like a Eric. whole tin of mac and cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so absolutely. we do. So my uh, Samantha's grandma makes broccoli and cheddar casserole, broccoli and cheese casserole, which is top notch. Um, corn casserole is fantastic. Mac and cheese. I eat, I'll i eat turkey. I'm more I'm honestly more of a ham guy. Um, Ooh. Mm. I love I'll give me all of the mashed potatoes. Give me all of the stuffing. I but I put ketchup on my ketchup so that's that's where I get my sauce from so maybe that says a lot about me than like the thanksgiving miss of it all but I will I will mess up some uh Heinz 57 all over this uh Thanksgiving that's what I'm most excited about how much ketchup I can consume on Thursday <laughs>
0: uh,
3: there you go I wanna, Everything oh, is just a oh, receptacle. Give it to you, Nate.
2: <laughs> give me some of that high seven.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, God. I, I, You know what? I like what I like. All right.
3: It's everything's just a receptacle for ketchup at that
1: point.
3: I mean, everything's ketchup if you think about it. Listen, I have a lot of trash food takes that we don't need to get into <laughs> on here. I am. Uh, Child, <laughs> when it comes to a palate. so what? What? What'd you get when you
1: went to Miller's in Gainesville? Was it? Did you get like chicken wings or chicken? Yeah, batters, I think so. Like
3: yeah, the chicken uh zingers, whatever the zingers or whatever. Yeah, you got the yeah, the, z- the zingers. Yeah, oh.
1: yeah, definitely child, yes. for sure. And I get it because I'm I'm honestly the same way. If I go to Outback, I'm getting a burger. I'm not getting a steak. I'll get. Well, I I'll I'll love get the love a good chili. steak. Love a good steak. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm a, I could
2: I could leave steak.
3: Mm, see, not me.
2: So you know how you guys ragged on me for my movie history. This is I, I feel quite like I, I'm such a foodie. Oh, we like, know. I mean, you're going.
1: Oh, you're going my God. out places. You you get mm. faux and you go to ramen places. You, you are an eclectic fellow when it comes to your food and drink. We're just not
0: that. We're not
1: that. We are children, and it's fine.
2: It's okay. I love you guys. You guys are my we favorite. all have our faults. I but think that Sean, I, hey, I, let me just say listen, for uh, the record, I end up being correct that Sean Connery was in an Indiana Jones
3: movie. <laughs> well, that's what made it funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it was now, you know, Al Michaels has never had a vegetable. So, you know, who am I to talk about the virtues of the vegetable? Yeah. And Tom Brady hates
1: strawberries, so I
3: mean, we all have our thing. My God, he'll be so inflamed! Could you imagine? <laughs> I've been thinking that, like, um, this is way off topic. Tom Brady gets very upset at Antonio Brown wants to take a hit out on him. Uh, he would just, like, you know, load up a smoothie with strawberries to really take it to him. I think so. He'd be Antonio Brown would be so inflamed. Those joints would be it would be so tough be terrible it would be terrible
1: all right let's let's get back on track. I enjoyed the the discourse of um you I guess you guys are just kind of un american and that's fine it's it's whatever I guess I'll be the American one uh for a change um, so that's fine that's pretty i mean it's pre America I guess so it's pre hit on someone that's prefounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting a hit on somebody by uh, making the meat, uh, strawberries. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um and flame joints, baby. Yeah, I get it. Um let's ju- let's get into football, I guess. Um USF football loses 49-42 at Tulsa on Friday night. Um they had an early lead. They had a chance early in the, I think it was in the first quarter to really Really go up big. I think it would have made it 17 7 or 17 3, something like that. Uh, couldn't capitalize. But I think the story of the night is well, two stories, right? Byron Brown making his first career start. We had Seth, you and I on the pregame show. We had no idea what to really expect from him. On the road, 28 degree weather. You're you're missing Xavier
3: Weaver. Yeah, especially and- with that news coming down.
1: I, completes his first 21 passes of his uh, of the start, completes 84% of his passes, looked sh- sharp, um, confident with the ball, could move around, made some plays with his legs. Uh, I think this is what everybody thought he'd be uh, coming out of spring and then bringing Gary Bohannon in and being okay that Timmy McLean may leave.
3: Yeah, that's uh, you know, and we talked about it at halftime I think, but that the the bringing Bohannon in was a signal from the staff that you felt pretty good. I, I thought, and we, and we all kind of talked about it in spring and the summer. Um, we talked about, uh, Brown in spring and then in the summer when Bohannon came in, kind of this signals some amount of faith in him from the staff, because you would lose probably bringing to Bohannon. You're probably losing one of Marshall McLean, you think. So that would, that would elevate Brown, uh, Pretty early to being a guy that might have to play this year, and guess what? He's a guy that's had to play this year. Um, but just the fact that they take Bohane, and I thought, showed a lot of faith in his develop in uh, Brown's development, because you didn't care if one of the other guys left, because you still had your young quarterback there. That if Bohane was your guy for two years, you have the heir apparent. If he's there for one year, you st- you still might have the heir apparent. So uh, I think that. Has turned out to be
0: a pretty good call from the staff. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, it, he was he was freaking electric and commanded the offense. I mean, hell, Chris Matillo caught a touchdown pass from him. Like they were they were doing everything to get these guys involved. Sean Atkins had his first career hundred yard game. Uh, but the other story is Brian Batie becomes the sixth USF running back in history to cross that thousand yard rushing plateau. And he, man, he did it with ease on Friday night. It, I think he was pretty close to it by halftime. And then I think he had a 30 yard run uh, called back midway through the third quarter and then had to do another big run and still got it and ended up what 150 yards or something like that. Something ridiculous. The the guy has become the bell cow for this program. Uh, job number one for whoever Whomever the new coach is, is convince Brian Batie to stay, convince Xavier Weaver to stay, convince Jimmy Horn to stay. If you can win all three or two of the three, that is probably the biggest win you can have in this transition cycle. Is that a fair? Fair to fair to say on on all of those, Steve?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's going to be attrition one way or another. There was going to be attrition one way or another. It didn't matter if you know USF had won. Nine games. If USF had won one game, if USF kept Jeff Scott, if USF didn't keep Jeff Scott, um, you know the attrition is going to be there one way or another. Especially with kind of the one this one free transfer rule that's kind of in place. Um, but you did kind of tip the scales a little bit more when you did fire Jeff Scott in the middle of the season. You know, to where we had kind of discussed it at least after the Temple game is okay. Kind of you know put all hundred and ten players on a on a uh, on a counter, basically, and and you know we'll count down to when these guys are going to transfer because everyone, anyone, and everyone can transfer at that point. Um, and go ahead and get into the portal. You know, start getting contact with some schools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> and so the fact that you know USF hasn't had that attrition yet is at least somewhat admirable to the current staff. But you know, I think at the beginning of the year, you know, we all kind of said you know Jimmy Horn probably could play for an SEC school. Xavier Weaver probably could play for you know an ACC or an SEC school, depending on who it is. Um, same thing with Brian T. You know these guys can go up a level, and I'm putting in air quotes since uh, <laughs> or two, and you know be just as good and just as uh you know prop or uh, just as um what's the word I'm looking for Product- productive. productive? There's the word. It started with a P. Uh, but these guys can be productive at that level. Um, but to that point. A lot of other people are going to be entering the transfer portal too. A lot of the, a lot of these kids probably saw what happened with Jordan Addison and, and Caleb Williams and saw the success that those guys had. So you know, I'd imagine we'll kind of see a, a big revolving door of portal entrance. And for a team that needs to kind of rebuild and may need to be rebuilding around a new coach and a new coaching staff, that's kind of par for the course. In fact, I, I, I think I'd rather see that through and see what happens with that rather than seeing if we can get any of these guys to come back for like a seventh year or whatever it is.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, if you look back to, you know, Jeff Scott's first year, his recruiting class that he brought in specifically him guys that weren't already committed, you know, it would have been a lot more important to keep a guys of the caliber we're talking about in than getting guys from, you know, high school players. So, uh, this is definitely going to be the, the biggest recruiting you're going to do this first cycle as the new head coach is going to be retaining, uh, retaining those players. Because if you do retain those skill players, the offensive line guys, even though there's guys graduating, enough guys have seemed to gotten reps this year uh, throughout the season. that You feel pretty good about the development there. Your offense is 43rd in SP plus right now. That's pretty good. I mean, you're up near some pretty decent team. I think the teams yep. surrounding you are pretty good teams actually. If you if you would list some names, um it's you're in pretty good company. Um but without those guys, it, it it makes the turnaround a lot tougher. But if you can keep that group together, those three guys really dynamic and explosive, which is really hard to find. Um and like a guy like Batiste, he's, he's not huge. He's not a huge guy, but he's really tough. He runs really hard and he's really explosive. Like that's a hard thing to find, uh, for at the high school level. And he's got it all. And he just put up a great season. Um, he's definitely something you need to retain. I, the crazy thing about him is like without injuries, how many carries does he get this year?
1: And that that's what, that's what's scary. Right. It's like, so Jeremy doesn't get hurt. Uh, Kelly Joyner doesn't get hurt. Uh, Mike Dukes, I think had dealt with some injury stuff. Like it was supposed to be a loaded backfield and Petit was supposed to be number two, maybe number three guy on the depth chart. And he becomes the, the guy capital V. And I think once the the staff kind of saw what Petit was doing, uh, they didn't really rush Jeremy Mangum back if, they, if he could. They, they kind of played the long game with him, and it seems like he may be able to redshirt or get a medical redshirt and get an extra year. Um, so they, they really kind of played the long game because of how well he's been uh, been doing. Like 6.6 yards per carry
3: this year is it's insane. And we said after the Florida game, just kind of seeing him in that environment okay, he's like, I believe we said it on here. that He's probably the best back on the team. Uh, So you kind of got fortunate that the guys were out and you had to keep giving him those carries because obviously we see where they ended up. A thousand yard season with more to go here. But yeah, he was you could tell once he got more carries and how he fit into what they were doing on offense. You know, he was the best guy for the job. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's a little scary that he was probably third going into the season. If Kelly Joyner doesn't get hurt right before, you know, the first game and, and Mangum doesn't get banged up, you know, who knows what could happen. But this guy, you can sell from the Florida game that, okay, this guy's the best back you got on the team. He provides something the other guys don't.
1: Four straight 100-yard rushing efforts, um, 8.9 yards per carry last week at Tulsa. Um, really kind of helped out Byron Brown and kind of settled this offense down. I mean, the offensive line for everything that they've kind of gone through, you lose your starting left tackle, uh, your left guard has uh, basically a broken foot, Uh, your right guard's now your left tackle, you're bringing in, uh, excuse me, right tackle's now your left tackle, you're bringing in, you're cycling in your right guard, you're cycling in your right tackle, and they really haven't missed a beat offensively, Uh, I think that was the big question mark going into the season as well. They had a bunch of guys returning, but was it productive returners? And I think you see that on the flip side on on the defense, a lot of returners, but was the is the production there for the defensive side of the ball? And it wasn't. Fortunately for the offense, the offensive line has been really good. I think they've only given up 13 sacks this season, and that's with three different
0: quarterbacks, three different voices, three different cadences, all, all of. That, that kind of going on on they that they've done a really good job in a sense they had a historically terrible
3: defense. Yeah this defense you know it's uh last in almost every major category or near last in every major category. Yep. Yeah.
0: No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Loved it. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the, the the I guess the elephant in the room. I guess coming into this game is like, it, 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 are they able to put one performance together for four quarters? Because there are times that they'll they'll they've looked, I, and I'm going to use this word in very loose terms. There's times <laughs> that they have looked fine. You know, the first <laughs> half of the SMU game, they looked they looked fine. You know, all things considered, that the team previously put up 56 points, so you know, you, you had that going for you. They looked fine in the Florida game, you know, producing turnovers, but I mean, that's, that's the main thing. You know, they're, they're not, I I mentioned it at the beginning of the year, you know, the big thing for the defense is producing havoc plays, whether it's sacks tackles for loss, you know, getting uh, the opposing offensive linemen to hold you or, you know, putting them in a further down in distance than just, you know, second down and eight or anything like that, getting them to like behind the sticks, essentially. Um, or even getting turnovers, a fumble recovery—you know, getting something positive out of the plate—but they're just they're Swiss cheese, you know. Injuries aside and everything else that's going on, it it just seems like they kind of wait until they're—they're not as aggressive in attacking. They're just kind of waiting until you know the 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 it's given to them um, to you know get a stop. You know, the unforced errors to use a tennis terminology of you know then missing a throw on fourth down or and missing a block assignment. And then all of a sudden a, a free defensive lineman is able to make the stop on a fourth down and three or whatever it is. I mean, that's, that's the big thing for the defense. And that's, that's going to be really what they need to do in this game because they're not going to be able to hold UCF, you know, and force, you know, many three and outs they are not going to be able to force many punts. You're going to have to force havoc plays instead. You know, this team is really good at running the football and is really efficient at it. And so you need to be able to capitalize if and when they throw the football. You know, you got two quarterbacks for, for UCF that aren't you know world beaters like they had been in the past. So you know, John Reese Plumlee's kind of scared to throw past five yards, and Mike Keene is you know throwing into triple coverage. So that's your best opportunity is is to stop them that way. And they hadn't been doing it all year, so we'll see if they can yeah. do it this week.
3: Yeah, the defense is historically bad. I've seen Ken dolls with more D than USF <laughs> has this
2: season. Sir. <laughs> but uh, but I think, like Steve did. said, your
3: only chance, I think, is the being really high variance and forcing turnovers. Like, that's where you have to make your A, and that's kind of what they did a little bit against Tulsa. They got some turnovers. They got uh, an onside kick against SMU. Uh They kind of got lucky. There's some drops early in the first half. There are some drops and things, but this is a team that's going to have to turn people over. That's going to be their stops. If they get turnovers, basically, if you can get five turnovers plus punts, you feel pretty good, I think, with where the
0: defense is at. I agree. And, you know,
1: they even, I mean, they got lucky at Tulsa. I mean, Keelan Stokes drops quite possibly the most open row I've ever seen anyone be open in a long time. Like, Devontae Adams was really open on Sunday, like on the, the walk-off to winter for the Raiders, but Keylon Soaks was more open than that. Like,
0: I, it's, it's those simple coverage busts that it just drives literally everyone insane.
3: Yeah, and that one was just like guy not getting out of his backpedal fast enough. He was pedaling and then the dude just ran by him and he just kind of stopped almost. It was it was bizarre to say the least.
2: Yeah. Um, um, Eric, to answer your question real quick, uh, most recently it happened in 2018 and in fact it was much worse than us. UConn's defense in 2018 gave up 50 points a game.
0: Well, There you go.
2: Like, and yeah. then I think the previous time the previous record before that was like, a like I think university of Louisiana Monroe gave up like 50 point, like two five or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, realistically, yes. Like I think Larry kind of said, and we're putting again, a big curse on the program. They can only get better. Right.
1: Well, aren't, at, aren't they adding like two new teams next year? Aren't like, aren't two teams making the jump so they could actually finish 133rd. They could, you are correct.
3: <laughs> yeah. We said last last season. Isn't there's what, no is way, it? Sa- there's no way they'll be 130th <laughs> Sam, again.
2: Isn't it like Sam Houston State and someone else? Aren't they making the jump next year? Yeah, it's another comp. It's a team joining the Conference USA. Um, it's like Kennesaw.
3: It, oh, not yet. I think Kennesaw is joining maybe the next year. Yeah.
1: yeah let me but see. I think th- I think there's a couple of teams joining. So technically,
0: technically speaking, they could. Be ah, Jacksonville State. Oh, Jacksonville State. Which is actually in
2: Alabama. Not Jacksonville, Florida, Alabama. Fun fact. Uh, Alabama. It's Alabama. Like there's a, yeah, they're joining 2022. Um, and then uh, Kennesaw is joining 2023. Uh, neither of those teams can go to the college football playoff uh, in their first year. That sucks. What a shame. Shoot.
0: Darn. Darn it. So there you have
1: it. Um, let's let's jump into the the. Pre- I guess you guys want to do the preview, or do you want to talk uh, coaching stuff real quick? Uh, do we have to talk about
3: the football game? Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: okay. I mean, uh, let's we don't. Let's I mean,
1: talk we about, really
2: don't. Let's talk about football.
3: I can show you, I, I can show you some uh, I can show you some graphics real quick. Would you like guys like to see some preview graphics? Yeah, let's yeah, do some preview graphics. Do some creepy. Alright, I'll let you guys pick. I'll let, or I'll, I'll let Steve pick. Do you want to go with our, our good buddy Parker, or do you want to go with the nerds that game on paper? Uh Parker's pretty sexy, so let's go with him. Okay, we'll go with our good buddy Parker. Alright, so here's what Parker's got. So oh, I see is a USF cover. <laughs>
2: That that uh I, I will say the um if you'd had told me like four weeks ago, like precisely after that temple game that we would have a greater than twenty percent chance of winning this football game, I would have I would have pooped my pants right mm. there. Um th- I mean that's pretty f- favorable. uh, I'm going to actually probably look back on Parker and see what, you know, previous uh, weeks kind of look like, but 22% isn't that bad. At least it's a, it's better than like the Cincinnati game and the Florida game. Um, but yeah, I mean that the glaring amount of deep, dark red on the offense versus defense at the top there is just, it's, it's almost comical.
3: Yeah, it's very, I mean, the deepest, darkest reds on this defensive column here. Uh, nothing better than 119 on defense again out that's, of 131. That's field, and that's field position,
1: and that, that's a very <laughs> generous statistic. To- <laughs> and that's
3: basically, yeah, that's where your punts get downed. So, so tight, not great. And then you can see on the other side, where, where, what field position does the defense give you? They're 109. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, the it's been it's very surprising, I guess it's not surprising watching it, but we all thought coming into the year, the offense could be pretty good and to see how actually they've done it and been really good for the most part. You see, there's only a couple reds here. One is field position on the offensive side here on the bottom, right? One is field position. That's a function of, Hey, uh, you get the ball in the 25 a lot because people are kicking off touchbacks into the end zone. Right. Right. That's kind of a function of that. And then, uh, the EPA per pass, which I I think has probably gotten better uh, as the season's gone on because they started out pretty poor throwing the ball. Uh, But other than that, everything's average to above average. And you see like UCF, everyone talks about how great of a rushing team UCF is. USF's actually a better rushing team in in terms of EPA per rush, right? Or or actually they're right neck and neck. So um, I was looking at the defense here. Uh, But they're neck and neck in terms of, being able to run the ball and everyone talks about UCF's dynamic run game. Well USF's got one too. And I think um USF's passing game is trending up where it seems like UCS is trending down. Right. Now what is the cure for a passing game that's trending down? USF Again, playing USF defense goes, <laughs> So uh um, that one might uh that just ask EJ
1: Warner as
0: well.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um And, and, you know, that's, that's the surprising thing, right? Like Navy, Navy beats the central Florida team 17, 14 over the weekend. And I I mean, Navy controlled the ball for long periods of time. They had long sustained drives. They, I mean, they, they pummeled central Florida into the ground and this defense, this central Florida defense is actually pretty, pretty damn good. Like I like what Travis Williams has been able to do there. Um, They've got, they've got them playing hard. Um, which I don't think was the case a lot of times the last couple of years, especially like under Randy Shannon, like it got it got away from them there a little bit. And for all of the firepower on offense that Central Florida has had over the years, uh, I honestly, I really much like USF, like their calling card has been defensive players, right? They, I mean, they send a lot of defensive players to the draft, just like USF um, to kind of see them get back to where they had been. Um, is unfortunate for USF, but I think uh, good for them. And then, conversely, on, on you know, we've kind of touched on it. I, they have a legitimate quarterback issue. I, I, it's not a controversy because Gus tripled down on JRP uh this week as he is their starting quarterback, even though he got pulled at halftime of the Navy game because the offense wasn't moving the ball. But they're they're still pretty pretty good. I mean, he's their he's their leading rusher. He leads he leads the team with seven hundred fifteen yards. Um, but Isaiah Bowser, uh, has, he leads the team in he carries. He's just not, he's, you know, four yards to carry four yards a carry. And y- you know what, against this USF offense or defense, excuse me, it's, that'll be six yards a carry six yards a carry. And, uh, he leads the team and with rushing touchdowns as well. Bowser with 13, they do a really, they're more run heavy. And I think that's, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this like USF has something good that they can do on defense defense, but I'm leaning into it, not USF's favor that they can just kind of run the ball. I mean, USF's best shot is what they did at Florida is control the ball for a long period of time, hope for a couple of mistakes by either one of these quarterbacks as they're, they are prone to do uh, and go from there. I mean, Plumlee's thrown seven interceptions this year. Keen's only thrown one, but Steve, as you mentioned, he is a big fan of effort. Uh, I'm going deep.
2: It's a special by him. Um yeah I mean it, it, it I will say looking at the you know the deep analyticals of of this all um it doesn't give me better hope <laughs> just, I'll just be frank with it I mean it, it like looking at this one it it actually quite makes me feel worse um I don't know if that was possible but it does
3: Yeah if you weren't positive about how bad the defense was, you can look at these two graphs, the one we just showed with Parker and then here's the game on paper where instead of a deep deep red, we're going to a deep regal purple here uh very bad against the run that's the kind of that's the thing it's uh very bad against the run there hundred and thirty first against the run against the team that's pretty good so um yeah u s f pretty good at running the ball though. That's, that's kind of, and then UCF seems to be their weaknesses past the defense, but you know, I, it'll somewhat depend on who plays for us. I think that's another factor that has kind of creeped up out of nowhere, um, not out of nowhere, I guess all year there's been guys out, but you know, no Xavier Weaver last week. Uh, I don't know. Did we ever get a reason for that? Uh, Nope. Nothing nothing official. Um, I listened to that,
1: that press conference. He, was, he wasn't brought up, so I don't know if it's a injury thing. I don't know if it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the portal and I'm not getting hurt because I've got future aspirations kind of thing for him. I'm not entirely sure uh, what that could be about, but if he's not there, I mean, he made one of the, the biggest plays of the night last year. Uh, in that Central Florida game, he was Tim McLean's go-to target, and he had that massive catch uh, toward the end of the game that got them downfield. I think it was on the fourth down, and then a, the even bigger one uh, further down the field. Without him, it's 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 going to be tough. There's no there's no doubt about it.
3: And he's an Orlando area kid, isn't he? He is. Both of them are. So I want, I wonder if that's kind of a, uh, I wonder if that's a motivator or or not. Um, But it'd be nice to have him back, and then uh, you have him back, and you're basically, like we've said the last few weeks, your only chance is probably a shootout. Um, But I I think, really, like the plan has to be kind of like Nate alluded to. You you do what you can to extend drives offensively. Hold the ball. Don't be in a hurry to give it back. If you can get a couple stops on defense and then hold the ball for a while, try to frustrate uh, UCF into making some mistakes offensively maybe get them to press a little bit i know i think De prado said he thought ucf did a really good job of not pressing uh when they were in trouble that they played their way through it and were able to get through it um but you're gonna have to try to to get them to press a little bit uh make some mistakes offensively that you can take advantage of and get the ball back to your offense and then uh we'll see how much byron brown can carry over from that first start to this one, I think there's going to be a big uptick in uh defensive quality this week compared to last <laughs> week.
1: Yeah. And now there's a whole game film uh, on him now, instead of those last couple of drives, the last few weeks of the season um, teams know what he's good at and uh, they know what he may struggle with. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what, Central Florida dials up, I think they'll probably try to bring a little bit more pressure than it felt like Tulsa didn't really bring much. They kind of sat back and asked him to pick them apart, and he he, he obliged um, uh, and, and did a really good job of that. I think it, the whole thing with freshman quarterbacks, and Seth, you probably uh, speak to it more than anyone, is uh, you want to speed them up. You want to cause chaos. You want to get in their face. Best way to do that, especially especially with this kind of defense is for guys disguise some of your coverages, bring blitzes from unsuspecting areas and, you know, kind of force them into a a bad hand.
3: Yeah. And, and that kind of does bring up, I thought Trickett did an unbelievable job of scheming up plays and kind of looks. And then Byron Brown did a great job of hitting those. So, so many times the last few years when stuff has been schemed up, it's been missed by the quarterbacks. And he did a great job at hitting those, but it seems like they had a pretty good idea what the look was going to be to scheme it up so if if you know if UCF is changing up their look a ton bringing a lot of pressure moving guys around post snap that makes it a little bit tougher, and maybe you think you've got the look you want and so you throw the ball where you think it's supposed to go and they've changed the look post snap uh, and and that can cause some issues but uh you know we'll see th- uh, Interesting. The Byron Brown was so prolific as a high school player that you felt like he could, after hearing what he in spring that, okay, this guy's probably got a little something to him. So uh, this will be another good test. I mean, if he plays really well in this one, uh, you kind of go into the off season with a really interesting quarterback issue.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. If he, uh, if he lights up UCF or, you know, doesn't, I mean, I think two of our podcasts have been called don't poop the bed. Like all he really has to do is be competent. Yeah. And if he plays walk- adequately. Yes. If he, if he is not like four of 18 with three interceptions and gets pulled for the walk on or whatever there, I think there'll, there'll be a lot of conversations had um, in the off season about where, where this team goes with Gary Bohannon, who has another year left and Byram, who technically still has four, and he's getting a crap load of experience at the end of the year, which is vital in quarterback, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I, I, I hope he sticks around. I hope he is the guy. I think he's proven to be everything we thought he would be, and I know everybody made fun of the Grit Score as USF plummeted to a one in ten record, but him being consistently in the top ten, top three, uh, probably says a lot about him as a player and what he cares about than maybe any other Grit Score that was probably out there.
3: It's a hard thing to do as a freshman come in and compete in an off-season workout program with a bunch of older guys, especially with like the COVID stuff where you've got guys that are, you know. Not just 20 years old, you got guys that are probably 23, 24 on the team, not including uh, punters from Australia and things of that nature. Um, but to come in and compete and be top 10, top five consistently uh, is really impressive. And you're kind of seeing that on display now.
0: All right, so let's do the predictions. Okay. And then um, we'll wrap
1: it up with some coaching talk. We've got to talk about it. There was some news that came out on, I guess it was Tuesday or Monday, whatever day, whatever day it actually was, um, about future candidates. Michael Kelly spoke to Jim Lighthall uh, during the uh, men's basketball game, women's basketball game. The the Sunshine Slam, I think. So the the men's. the halftime of the men's basketball game. Yes. Uh, so we, we do have to talk about it, but it's our final prediction of the season. Fellas, uh, Seth, you and I damn near ran the table. That mm. stupid ass temple game mm. is going to be the bane of our existence mm. uh, for, for the off season. We're going to have to work hard to fix it. But yeah, you I'm know, like the year. drawing
0: board, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, much like Spurrier saying, you know, Tennessee just had an okay year, they'll end up maybe 10 and two, and uh, you know, you're not gonna get to the playoff It's just the, an above
3: average year for them, mm. above <laughs> <laughs> just above average year for us. I mean, yeah, we, we, we were pretty average. good in the old, and this is gonna be tough, you know, as bad as the team was. It made it really easy to pick the games in the Jeff Scott era. We had a really good record. We did. So that's going to be a big adjustment for us.
1: Yeah. If, if the team starts to be competitive, I don't know what our record's going to do. It's going to change a little bit. Yeah. yeah so we'll see. Um, last week, Stieg, you were the closest um, point differential. Uh, so everybody picked the right. Everybody picked Tulsa to win. Uh, you were the closest. You came within twenty points of the overall number. That's what I. That's what I
0: kind of keep track of 33 so you were like within the points like you were right there uh, but 20 points away I was
1: the furthest away because I didn't believe the offense would mm-hmm. be able to move the ball on the road with the true freshman quarterback look how stupid I am with a top 50 offense Pfft.
3: idiot dummy and Seth you're just kind of in the middle there I'm picking but, for Mar. I'm picking the spread but I'm picking for margin you know I'm not yeah. picking totals here <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we, I didn't we, think we, a, t- a ten-point spread. It's pretty close, you know. That's a cover. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's not bad. Um, let's let's hit it, Stieg. It is the final Warren I four for, Lord willing, forever. <laughs> the Bulls have a lot at stake. We haven't even really mentioned this part. Uh, it's a rivalry game, but can also keep Central Florida out of the conference
0: title. College football playoff game. rankings are the dumbest fucking people in the world. Holy shit. And that, like, that, that, that was the dumbest,
2: most shoehorned thing I've ever seen in my life. You, lo- you lose to a three and seven Navy team mm-hmm. and you drop two spots. Well, they don't want to be unpatriotic. Yeah, fucking great, uh, great military appreciation. Yeah, they gotta respect the, as well. yeah, you got to respect
3: the troops. That's what they did. So the college football playoff did the same thing. And I mean, big loss, not a big loss in the rankings, but they did. They might have lost space. So they they definitely lost space. That's for sure.
1: Um, so, Steek, the line is 19 and a half. That is a lot of points. Uh, we talked about that uh, when we recorded next level.
0: Check it out.
3: It's in Suncoast tomorrow night at seven o'clock.
0: It's a great show. It is. I enjoy it. I enjoy recording it. It's a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, yeah.
1: Steve, what is your prediction for the final war in I 4 in Tampa with so much at stake for everyone but USF?
3: I believe the spread and 27. is 27. I believe the spread is sitting in 19.5 and, and the total sitting at 68. You said 56, 56 27
1: USF,
2: clearly. Clearly, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, remember when Steve used to just take USF 60 to 3 to nothing every week? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And lo, lo and behold, I'm a broken man. No. Yeah. I just, and, and I, mean, I, I mean, last year, last year's a prime example, and it, it's evergreen. I mean, it's a rivalry game. You can toss records out. You, I, I said it all last night toss every preconceived notion because you, know, you can throw those things out the door. I know you guys are tired of hearing it but you know most of the people listening are hearing that for the first time but 131st ranked defense that is absolutely <laughs> egregious against the run against an offense that really the only thing that they are consistently good at is running the football <laughs> and Gus Malzahn in his archaic 2001 offense can only really run the ball consistently which probably means that John Rhys Plumlee is going to throw for 475 yards and only rush for like 18 or something stupid like that so yeah I i i want to I have the faith but also rip the bandit off get the season over with hire your new ho- head coach
0: oh
1: praise praise mm-hmm. be <laughs> Seth how about yourself
3: yeah see I am I'm, I'm of the mind that it's the last game of the year so you can't hold anything back if you're <laughs> if you're USF um, oh so man I love it I, I think they're going to come out with a bunch of interesting stuff, a bunch of tricks, they're still going to lose. Uh, but I'm going to go I'm going to go 45-31. interesting part of this. I think if Tulane wins, they play Friday. if Tulane wins, I think you might see UCF pool guys out in the second half if they're up big. <laughs> and I'd imagine USF will keep playing. So uh, that's why I think there's going to be a cover and the ability to score that many points. Uh but I, I like steve I, I have a hard time seeing this defense making a ton of stops. So you may get into territory like you did a couple of years ago the last time uh these two played in Tampa, M- make get a little pointy, but I'll go
1: 45-31. Yeah. I'm 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 kind of with you guys. Like I don't see I mean, clearly this defense has not done a damn thing this year to suggest that they will stop a nosebleed, will stop babies, they can't stop anything. Um but yeah, I th- I think Central Florida uh they've got multiple things that they want to do to USF as they leave for the Big 12. They want to secure their spot in the conference uh title game. They want to
0: beat USF for the last time ever and basically uh, get revenge for what oh was it oh five to oh eight and basically
1: what usf did uh when they figured out that they wouldn't they they were not renewing the series if there's not a shovel in in tampa at that in that ucf sideline in that locker room i will be shocked i will be absolutely shocked that they don't have a shovel out trying to dig up the turf at ray j after what usf did and i don't blame them they this is this is USF's comeuppance, uh, and it's decades' worth of ineptitude by G- Judy Genshaft, by the athletic department, by the university itself. The final result of this game is going to be symbolic of just the absolute atrocity that USF has become, was allowed to become, that they never capitalized on the momentum that they had
0: congratulations you're get, you're going to get your shit kicked in on saturday 65 to 35
1: oh no mercy strike first strike hard no mercy that's what central florida is going to do to this usf team and they're going to be able to do it because the defense can't stop anyone so it's it's name your name your number name the score that's oh what ucf is going to do
2: they did put up seventy against a, a team that was a, um, statistically a better defense, so they are capable of doing it.
3: I don't see it happening. I mean, I could actually kind of see
0: it happening. It's it's going to happen. What um, that crap? It is. And
1: listen, USF put up what sixty four to twelve in two thousand. 2007 against them like and they they poured it on they had three different quarterbacks throw touchdowns i like they had damn offensive coordinators on throwing a touchdown and at the end of the game like it was it it was an embarrassment and they're gonna they're gonna try to do the exact same thing and i do not blame
0: them one bit um but (laughs) that's also true (laughs) it's true but before we get out of here um there
1: was some news i guess uh monday monday tuesday um
0: Deion sanders has allegedly been approached talked to by us about the opening um which is not surprising he seemingly is out of the
1: running for the Auburn job. Um, if we're to believe that one guy from that one random TV state, this is what guys, once again, don't <sighs> coaching ser- carousel craziness. This is what happens. I mean, it, but like, <clears throat> if may end up at Auburn, but
3: uh, pump the brakes a little bit. And this stuff is very fluid. So like you'll, you'll see times where I remember Florida was, when they're mulling hire, there's all these reports about Chip Kelly, and they'd met with Chip Kelly, and he's going to be the guy, and somebody saw Chip Kelly at the airport. And then Chip Kelly's not the hire, and everyone's like, oh, that's, well, that was all fake. No, that was all true, but things change very, can change very quickly. A guy can just drag his feet, and then, all right, we don't got time, we need to move on. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that can change. And uh, one thing Stig has said a couple times is sometimes when you hear it in public, that's not a good sign if that's something you want.
2: Right, I mean, we all I, I, we love Michael Kelly dearly on this podcast. Um, we have had good conversations with him. He does not let anything leak out ever. You know, most of the time, any of these conversations and any of these interviews you know, they're they're happening they're happening either remotely or in different locations that are not on any of these campuses or are able to be tracked or traced by any stretch. So the fact that this leaked out made me think that this came from Dion Circle. To of try to to woo a, another school to come in and one up them, knowing that they need to work a little bit more urgently to, you know, work on their candidates. Because you remember there, I think there's what, nine openings right now. Um, and and this is no offense to either the University of South Florida or you know, University of Colorado here, you know, but when you hear such amazing things about Deion Sanders and you hear you know, all these big things and there's, you know, big time programs that have availabilities open, the first two schools that you don't that you would think of to, you know, be interested in have mutual interest between Deion Sanders and the head coaching vacancy probably are not Colorado and the University of South Florida. You know, (laughs) I mean, no again, I I just living in reality for a second, the fact that Colorado was looped in on it was like, okay, he's trying to leverage something out of this. Whether it's to get out of it, find an excuse out of it, or to leverage something else. So that's kind of where I'm thinking. I I do think that it is more admirable in the sense that USF isn't kind of playing it safe this go-round. We've heard about who they interviewed for the last go-round for Jeff Scott. uh, And it was very clear looking at the candidate poll that it was going to be Jeff Scott. Because the other people that were interviewed were candidates
3: not inspiring not, <laughs> not inspiring not, not inspiring
2: but, re- retroactively <laughs> they were not great uh if, right and, it, it was you know a guy that's always going to take that interview and a guy <laughs> that was very desperate for an interview <laughs> so you know it, it was you know
1: you know what screw it, it. it i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guys know who the who the names were because oh, it's God. it's been three years i think some of these guys aren't even at the schools they're at
0: anymore it was blake anderson larry Scott. Uh, Jeff Scott, obviously. Um,
1: say it. God, there was one more. His defensive coordinator somewhere who has say a bad defense now, right? Where's he at? Oh, he's somewhere. And then, last but not least, as more of a courtesy,
0: I want to make sure this is stressed. Uh, Jim Levitt. There you go. Bottom drop, bike drop, whatever you want to call that. Um There you go. Um so I they need a little bit more.
1: I mean, the list that this current list that we're hearing and
0: uh you know, some off the record stuff that we've heard um a little bit better than that. Oh, right. right. See, I totally forgot. And Willie Taggart had that conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I I totally forgot about that. Yep. Um, so th- there, there were some, there were some conversations uh, had there as well, but I think the list that we've heard so far, I think the scuttlebutt is, I think we may know of half, if not a little bit more than half, of the people who have been contacted by now. Um, if our num- if
0: I'm remembering correctly, there's Dion, and then there's three others that we may know of. Do we want to? and i i don't those? want to say no okay i do not
1: i think we um,
2: had yeah I, we pinned down four of them i know that i know that for absolutely yes. that we yeah yeah four. we did yes so we but, and we can down... take a really good guess that we know the last two but not able to confirm right. those correct um so are
1: any of them on your list of candidates do we want can we answer that the four the four of the six Ten
2: were they on Seth's list or were they on my <coughs> list? Because my list, uh my list, I the 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 one guy that I wanted them to interview apparently hasn't gotten the interview, and I'm upset about it.
3: I've Maybe gotten. Interview. I mean, I can tell you. I, I mean, I, my list is like the list of candidates I would accept has like 25 people on it. So yeah, two of them, <laughs> two of them, <laughs> two of them are uh, yeah. If if the ones we know about are or ones we've heard about are accurate. Uh two of no of three, um, right?
0: Uh depends.
1: Uh we're gonna do some inter- internal chatting real quick. Uh let's riff, riff, riff. <laughs>
0: everyone, uh, everyone throw on whisper mode real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: let's see uh, I'm typing this but, out. Sorry. Uh
0: I'm <laughs> I'm glad
3: to see regardless if if um my list is uh Dynamite, by the way. It's just but if they hire somebody off the list, it's a win in my book. Um but Seth, check the check. Cause
1: I I'm fairly certain that that'd be four, right?
3: Yeah. That's number two and number number two more. and number four were not on my list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Fair enough. So, so two two of
1: Seth's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. and, <laughs> pull up the list. Uh, no, Seth, Seth's list is now like legitimately like twenty five deep. Like he has been tinkering with it, and we kind of play off of it as we kind of discuss these
3: things. Um, yeah, my list is who I would like. My list has nothing to do with who they will actually. I, this is not a hot board, as so much as it's, it's like, a, a Seth's list, a Santa, a like a a list for saying that. Yeah, yeah Seth,
2: yeah. Seth was doing some heavy research this week. I mean, I, he was up at three o'clock in the morning watching a uh, Swedish football league, trying to find uh, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Kornsberg Falcons. So
3: yeah. mean part of that is I was up late
2: the other night, but to, to your point, um, Nate, we'll probably never know who the full list of candidates actually is, but uh, we do know that they do want the head coach uh, in place. Well, not in place, but hired by the fifth of December. Uh, Michael Kelly has mentioned that twice now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that two weeks is it? two weeks that a week and a half. That's two weeks. That's a long time. Shit. Yeah. And that's probably to the effect that some of these guys are coaching um, conference championships or, or things of that nature. Um, So, you know, their season's not over this weekend. They have another week. Uh, so that's probably why to give them at least the due diligence of, of doing that. Um, and again, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be hired and then, you know, giving their introductory press conference, if they have any postseason you know, aspirations or goals or bowl games or anything like that, I'm sure, you know, that'll be part of the discussion. I
1: I think, um, quite frankly, the only way that, someone is uh going to be coaching in a bowl game or Eric as you mentioned Dion coaching in the celebration bowl if he uh if he makes it that far because he, he still has to win the swag to get into the the uh celebration
3: bowl, correct? So are we No he's the in against- the celebration they're in the
2: celebration bowl already.
3: I think they have to win this i thought they had to win the swag because it's the swag champion. Yeah. I'm pre- pretty sure. Yeah, you got to win. You got. I thought win it was a record.
2: Oh wait, they have a co- they have a game for that. I for- I thought they just did it straight off a of record. No, right? They have, no, divisions. They have, they have
3: two divisions. Because FAMU right. was right behind them, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um. So,
1: yeah. If if it is Dion, I don't think Michael Kelly lets some coach in that game. Uh, they I let know, Jeff. I, I, they I, let I Jeff Scott coach in the semifinal because it was the semifinal. <clears throat> um, I don't think. Michael's gonna make that
3: make that if, choice two times. If Dion says he wants to coach in the game, you let him coach in the game. If that's what it takes to get him, I think he would be uh think he'd be a very good hire. Um he was on my top three list of the guys I didn't think were attainable, but that should get a phone call. If he wants to coach it, let him coach it. It's December 17th, right?
1: Yeah, and as we discussed the transfer portal is open for 45 days. So once the championship teams are announced, which is around the 5th or 6th of December through whatever 45 days is after that, what, yeah. January 18th or 20th or something like that. So the portal is still open, So he could, I guess, technically coach in that game and, and still be okay. Um, I mean, coaching in the semifinal national championship game makes it a little bit tougher, but I don't think anybody uh, that has the potential, unless Sonny Dex decides to
3: come to Tampa or something like that, yeah, uh, cause I, I yeah, Garrett Riley, maybe <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> I threw that name. We threw that name out a few weeks back on uh, next level. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Eric. I, I'm just I'm glad a call was made. I, if a call, it seems to be that's legitimate information that a call was made. You know, that's the big swings. Taking big swings is good. Like we said last time, I thought it was it was basically we had a name. I, it, it seemed like they had a name kind of picked out. They did their due diligence because they kind of knew some people that knew the guy and uh, went forward with it and did some interviews as kind of just a courtesy to people. Like they weren't legitimate. You didn't really have a chance, uh, but it seems like there's a real search going on here. And, and the fact that they're swinging big shows me they're going to spend money. And I think if you go out and hire, like if you were to hire Dion, which I think is still unlikely, but if it were to happen, I think everybody kind of, everybody, you might get some guys go in the portal, but I think they wait to hear from him. It, his name carries weight with the young people. It, yeah,
1: it's, it still does. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, <clears throat> uh, the prime prep thing is a legitimate concern. I think Brett McFurt Murphy is talking to, I would, here's the thing. He's probably talking to someone at USF and I, I'm fairly, fairly certain I know who that person is. Um, they're pretty buddy buddy. That's why if you guys ever see Brent McMurphy break any news about USF, it's he's talking to one person. Um, so just be wary of that. And um, it's probably a legitimate concern. Um, yeah, the prime, prime prep prime thing, thing. It, it, little little sketchy, little fishy. It
3: was maybe not charter. all his fault. It was a charter school. Uh, so they were getting money from the state of Texas and then they, uh, yeah, there's some good articles on it from like the Dallas morning news that are pretty in depth. Uh, but there, it was basically, I don't, and this is where it's hard to tell. It was called prime prep. They used obviously Dion's celebrity, uh, in his name to with the name of the school, the prime part. Um, and he was, I think he was a co-founder maybe of the school, but I don't know how much actual stuff he did on the day to day. And the financial side of the school, and that's where a lot of the issues were, they got kicked out of like the National Free Lunch program for some fishy uh, so, some wrongdoings and they went, and so they, they had to just pay for lunch for all their kids, and they started losing more and more money. so it seemed like really bad financial mismanagement, and that happens sometimes with these charter schools they'll come in and they'll play uh <laughs> yeah yeah, somewhat. They'll come in and they'll uh they'll come in and they'll pay uh people exorbitant salaries and then realize that they've overpaid for things I've seen it happen uh around here a little bit but then there's also um there's all kinds of crazy stuff when you get in the charter school things but the thing with that one is I don't know how much of that is could be tied directly to Dion actually I don't think he was a decision maker it seems like they used his name and then he was the football coach and was trying to Recruit football players was kind of the one thing he might have done incorrect is try to go out and recruit players to come to the charter school. Uh, because I don't think they could field a team the first year because they're a bunch of they try to get a bunch of kids to transfer in and you can't transfer so, a play. Are in you Texas. telling me so,
1: transferring and recruiting in high school is not allowed?
3: Yeah, I think there's a, I think in Texas, there's a rule on it. About transferring to play. Uh, so that's so a uh, man. But guess that's what? Crazy. That doesn't really matter at the college level. So uh that's what I think that it's probably good to investigate, but I don't I really don't know what he can be tied to directly in the things that went on there. And there's some bad stuff that went on there. And once you get into like mishandling money from the state and mis <laughs> money from federal programs like I think there's there is some type of ongoing federal investigation or there was a federal in- investigation into what happened there but you know that stuff is serious but I really don't know how much can be tied to him I think the school basically had his name but how much was he actually doing besides coaching football I don't know I would guess not a ton but I'm sure they'll be investigating it
0: Yep
1: um with that I think we'll wrap the show it was it's been an honor and a privilege. Uh, We'll do one more wrap up show uh, here next, next week. And we'll, we'll follow the coaching search as, as things um, progress, but it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Uh, This was probably the most difficult season we've ever had covering this program uh, because good God, man,
0: it was a train wreck from start to finish. And uh, yeah, I yeah, think we're it gonna just, do a
1: film room tomorrow. We are gonna do a film room, and it's probably gonna be on
3: candidates. If i if if no, I not wires crossed. I think we're gonna do. Uh, uh, I thought we want to do an offense film room for the last game. What would you rather see, offensive film room or candidate film room? Anybody in here? We did the we did the last game previously. This is basically a Byron Brown film room. Yeah, this is going to be a man. Travis Trickett
1: took some shrooms and went hammer style on Friday night.
2: God, I can't wait to see him just rip a line of cocaine. Yeah, uh, you know, Saturday night, all at right. 6 so we just. I th- I think uh,
3: yeah I think we'll probably do we'll do the offense and then if. Uh, then maybe the next week we'll have once we. I think we're getting pretty. We're starting to narrow down the candidate list, so we'll go with a, uh, we'll go with a coaching candidate, uh,
0: film room the following week. That's what fair. Think?
3: What do you think?
1: Or uh, like the 50-50 of Byram and candidate, so we could do like some of the top Byram plays and then do one candidate. All right, we can do that.
3: That you've got something cute, you've got something teed up on in Huddle already, right? I've got a guy, and I'm gonna go uh probably grab some more tonight. But yeah, I've got I've got a couple of things. So we'll do that. All right. Great job, Bob Dole. That was your first uh great
1: idea since like the 90s. So uh proud of you. Mm. Um
0: oh. so again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for
1: Seth, Steve, for providing the insight that you guys always do. uh, uh I wish it the season. had turned out better. I had hopes. I won't say high hopes, but I had hopes for this football team and man, they crashed and burned 14 seconds into the BYU game. So,
2: <laughs> Ooh, I can't, I can't wait to do this to do this all again next year too. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be what good. That new, what
3: the new what that the new coach smell.
2: Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, I want to that. be so good. He's going to, he's going to, this new coach is going to schmooze us into thinking they're going to win a bowl game again. Oh man. Yeah. I can't wait.
0: Love a new coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I've been your host, Nathan
1: Bond. Thank you to Seth Farnador, Robert Steak. Thanks for tuning in to the Illuminati podcast.
2: Uh fuck, I forget. I keep on for, I'm putting that out of my brain. That is <laughs> being pushed so far out of my head. I can't even fathom the fact that we have to play fucking Bama next year. Revenge tour Bama too. Oh man, oh that's gonna stuck. That's going
3: anyway. Coach Alabama.
1: <laughs> All right. Good night, Go Bulls. Go Bulls.